What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. I'm your host here, Hayes. You could be anywhere in the world, but you decide to be here with me with my crazy ass. But nonetheless, on today's episode, we'll be talking about a Bleacher Report article that calls Patrick Williams the Bulls' weakest link in the starting five. So we'll be discussing what was said in that article. If I agree, disagree, I also want to hear from you guys on that one. And then lastly, we'll be getting into our and continuing our preseason uh, predictions. This time we'll be getting into Alex Caruso. So we'll get into all that and more on today's Chicago Bulls Central. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. All right, Bulls fans. So first up, uh, there's a Bleacher Report article. This one is from Gary Hughes. Now, this is uh, he did a weakest link article on the weakest link in every uh, team starting five. And Patrick Williams was called the Bulls weakest link in the starting five. Now, I agree and disagree. I understand where he was coming from with some of these points. I'm going to get into those. The link to the article is down below as well. If you guys want to check out the article yourselves. Um, but first off, some of the things that he threw as far as critiques towards Patrick Williams is that um, his offense is way behind his stellar defense. Um, his so- his so- shot selection stinks. Um, he isn't capable of generating his own good shots. And anytime he tries to create his own looks, it's a victory for the defense. These are some of the more sticking points that came out about Patrick Williams from Gary Hughes in this article. And so while I do, I understand and 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 where some of this came from from Gary Hughes, right? Especially uh being somebody who, you know, probably doesn't watch the Bulls in and out. Um but looking at Patrick Williams as far as let, let's talk about the the shot creation, right? Um how much opportunity does Patrick Williams really ha- has gotten to create his own shot? And I will say, in the times that he has, right, outside of the Minnesota game, because I know a lot of people are going to go to the Minnesota game, and that was initially my first response as well, right, is is to think about what he's capable of in that Minnesota game. But the fact of the matter is, is that we haven't seen that a lot from Patrick Williams in actual games. And in that game specifically, we got to see it because the other players were out. So if you're looking at a starting five and that whole starting five being there, how much opportunity does Patrick Williams really get to create his own shot? And then especially last season with only 17 games played, you know, the sample size of that is extremely small, but I will say this, right? Because of some of Patrick Williams' confidence, because of as some Bulls fans, you know, they like to say he doesn't have that dog in him or whatever they like, they, they like to label it as, has Patrick Williams put himself in the best position when he has taken shots? And I can honestly say, yes, no, no. There are some times where Patrick Williams were shots. There are some times where his decision-making with the ball hasn't been the best, but does Patrick Williams have that capability of creating his own shot? I think that's a mixture of up to him, right, to do that, to to demand it a little bit more, but also for the coaching staff to put the ball in something that I've said all offseason is up to the coaching staff to put him in and allow him to have those opportunities to work through that. So the, the it's Patrick Williams' shot selection, you know, a player that averages less than 10 points per game, that, that has averaged, I think, about three shots per game in his career as well, and I can go in and, and double-check that while we're talking. But the thing is, is that, you know, that that to me is a critique thrown to a player that hasn't had a lot of opportunities to do that. Really, it's been one season, right? The All of last season uh, was kind of lost for Patrick Williams when he did come back from, he was coming back from injury to start the season. And, and you know, this Bulls team was kind of, you know, figuring out the offense. DeMar, Zach were very heavy parts of the offense. But then on top of that, even when he did come back from injury, it took him a while to even get back into the starting lineup. It took him a while to get back into rhythm. Um, So, you know, I understand it. it for Patrick Williams' career, he's averaged between 0.8 and 1.9 shots per game. That's, so he averages less than two shots per game 
for his career. That is not going to cut it, right? For a fourth overall pick, it's not going to cut it. And like I said, I'm not completely abstaining Patrick Williams from that, from his responsibility in that as well. But guess what? Sometimes the, the part of that is on the coaching staff as well. When you have ball dominant players like a Zach Levine, like Demar Derozan on the team. Yeah, especially if you want to develop that aspect of somebody's game, you have to allow for it. So, you know, the shot selection thing for a player that that takes less than three shots per game on average. Now, um, oh, wait, that's three-pointers. I, re I read that wrong. So Patrick Williams actually averages between, for his career, between 3.5 and 7.2 shots per game. And he hits that at a 49% clip. So um, with that being said, like, the, the fact that he's hitting it at a, at a great percentage, right, um, so, you know, that, how do you battle that back as far as talking about a player's so shot selection if you're, if you're, if you're, if you're going to critique their shot selection? A, it does matter if they're hitting those shots or not. So if you're talking about he can't generate his own good shots, but he's averaging 49% on those shots, that's well above league average. And last season was 52.9%. But with that being said, like a big part of, of shot selection, it, you know, you can hit difficult shots, right? Is he putting himself in the best position when he tries to take his own shots, when he tries to create it? Create it? And then even that, that does not say necessarily what he's creating on his own versus what is, um, what, what, what he's just shooting on, on like a catch and shoot, something like that. Patrick Williams needs to be more aggressive. That is something that we completely understand on this Bulls team. Now, again, if you're going to call him the weakest link um, in the Bulls starting, let's keep in mind, it's on the Bulls starting five. Um, when you're looking at the what he brings defensively is needed in that starting five. When you look at a starting five that maybe isn't the best defensively, especially, um, you know, it's him and Lonzo Ball really in that starting five that are that are that are really good defenders. Um, and you know, I, the thing with 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 a lot of articles that that become negative, especially as a, as a as a Chicago Bulls fan first, right before covering this team for this show, I'm a Chicago Bulls fan first. It 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 it's it it you, you want to read it and you want to fight back, but like. I can understand Patrick Williams is the one that needs to step up in this team. And while, you know, saying and wording it as the weakest link may trigger some people, I will say this is that Patrick Williams does need to step up. We do need to see a more, a more consistent pattern. He's hitting everything at a good clip, right? It's 49, it's 49% uh, for his career from the field. He's 41% from three for his career from the field. So like, that's something the percentages he's hitting the shots more than more so than not when he takes them. But we do need to see a more aggressive Patrick Williams. We do need to see somebody who's willing to step up and seemingly ready to overtake a bigger role in the offense like he did in that Minnesota game. Now, on the positive side, the flip side of Patrick Williams, that we did get a coach that he's working with in Vinny, Vinny Caluti, and I know I'm probably mispronouncing that last name. Uh, he, he's a performance coach for SMU. He's been working with Patrick Williams this summer. He says, I quote, he's one of the hardest workers I've had pleasure to work with in 10 plus years. He's only getting started. And this goes with something that we already know for Patrick Williams. We've only scratched the surface of what Patrick Williams is as a basketball player. So even if he is that weakest link in the starting lineup right now, right, he can't continue to be that. At some point, you expect him to make that leap to where he's not. I've talked about it before. In my preseason predictions, I said I want to see Patrick Williams average between 14 points per game and 16 points per game. I want to see that. That comes with him getting more shots, everybody else's usage rate, being able to come down, playing a more free-flowing offense, things like that. But I want to know what you guys think of this. Do you think that Patrick Williams is the weakest link on that starting five? And how, do, how does overall, how does, that, how does that hurt the team currently right now? What type of aggressiveness do you want to see out of Patrick Williams 
going forward. Let me know all that down below. Like I said, it was just an interesting article that I wanted to read some into. So thanks for entertaining me on that one, even though I, I read the three-point percentage instead of the field goal percentage initially. Hey, yeah, you know, every dog has their day. I'm, I, I mess up. But with that being said, all right, let's get into the next one. So Casey Johnson uh, was on a podcast, and he talked about Io DeSumo. Io DeSumo came up, and he talked about that everything he's heard, Io has had a monster offseason. Now, it's, it's hard to really quantify that right and put that into like expectations or anything because a monster offseason what you're working out hard you're running you're hitting the gym every day like you're just going at it hard every day we already knew io was a gym rat right but the thing is is that as i've said before almost anything that comes from improvement for the chicago bulls team and i do think andre drummond is going to help this chicago bulls team improve more than what some people are giving him credit for but I, it, most of the improvement is going to come from health and one of these players from Io DeSumo or Patrick Williams taking a leap or developing some more, right? Hopefully both of them. Um, and then as well as development from the team and continuity as a whole. But it's good to hear that Io's been killing it in the gym because, listen, Io's going to be a very big part of whatever the Chicago Bulls team does. And it's hard to look at Io DeSumo and not think like, hey, I know some people are like, he's a, a future starter in this league. And this right now, his sky's the limit. I've said it before. His potential as of right now is as high as anyone drafted in the first round in his draft class and damn near higher than some lottery picks in that first round. Io DeSumo is, is a gem. He's the still of the draft. I'm so glad that he's here on the Chicago Bulls team. And it's good to hear that he's having a great offseason. But we need to see that in practice. You hear so much stuff. This is the dead time of the offseason. You're going to hear little things like this. Oh, he's had a monster offseason. Oh, Patrick Williams, one of the hardest people I've worked with for 10 plus years. But at the end of the day, right, the biggest thing and reason why I wanted to talk about these two players key hearing news from them, because we've heard things from Zach Levine. I haven't really picked up on that. Even, you know, I didn't even do a video on that off the wall dunk that Zach Levine had because it's offseason content. But these two players and Patrick Williams and Io DeSumo are so key to the Bulls being better than what they were last year on top of health, on top of continuity, on top of, you know, other additions that it's it's just good to have feel that those type of feelings around Chicago Bulls young players. It's been so long. Like Garpax has drafted so bad for so long, right, that I think now that some some of Bulls Nation is a little jaded. They, they want to see the immediate impact from 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 rookies early in. Right. And when we don't get that, we kind of we go back into that PTSD that I say we have as Bulls fans. But with that being said, like, it's just good to hear positive updates from Io and Patrick Williams. Let me know what you guys think on it down below. All right, let's get into what we've been doing the last two weeks, really, is predictions on uh, for the 2022-23 season for specific Bulls players. Today, we're covering Alex Caruso. Now, to go over Alex's numbers from last year's 7.4 points per game, 3.6 rebounds per game, 4 assists per game, and 11.75 PER. 111.5 defensive rating. That's the worst of his career, by the way. His uh, defensive rating for his career is 108.4, which is really good. He had a field goal percentage of 39.8%, second highest of his career. And then um, he had a, a three-point percentage of 36.6% and 73.6% from free throw range. I know I just listed out a bunch of stats. Throw all those fucking stats out the window when it comes to Alex Caruso, right? Throw them all out the window. Doesn't even matter. Take them, ball them up, throw them. Let's disregard it. Alex Caruso's impact on the Chicago Bulls team is so much more than what stats can have you do. The energy that he brings. We saw an immediate return of energy when Alex Caruso came back from injury the first time. Then he unfortunately went down again. But what Alex Caruso brings as far as energy, as far as like everything from that, is, is his impact on the Chicago Bulls team, especially a team that doesn't have a lot of vocal rah-rah leaders. And again, not to say that Alex Caruso necessarily is that either, but he is a player that comes in 
with championship experience, with leadership, with energy, with just going out, following my lead by what I do on this basketball court, I'm about to set the tone for you guys. That's what the, the type of player that Alex Caruso is. It's stats for me for Alex don't matter. Could he average double-digit scoring off the bench? I absolutely think so. Because uh, And one of the things with Alex Caruso's career is that if you notice, one year he has a three-point percentage in the 30s, then the next year it's in the 40s. So we're we're geared up to have him to have a 40% uh, three-point uh, shooting percentage this year. Do I think Alex Caruso can up those numbers? Absolutely. But it's not about the numbers for Alex Caruso. I look at Alex Caruso like this. He's a guard version of Ben Wallace in a lot of ways, meaning that it doesn't matter about the stats, the impact on the game that he has, the way that the the, the off the ball, the defense, the, how hard he makes it for a player to even get the ball. Then his on ball defense is just as excellent. The turnovers that he forced are great as well. Things like that from Alex Caruso are where I look from. So looking at predictions, especially when you get into Alex Caruso, it's, it's, it's about health. And that's going to be the theme with so many Chicago Bulls players that we talk about is it really boils back down to health. Can this team stay healthy? And Alex Caruso is one of those players that if he can stay healthy, his impact is going to be felt. It's going to be seen. It's going to be noticed. It may not always show up in the stat sheet, but it's absolutely going to be felt out there on the basketball court. When you have Alex Caruso versus when you don't, this Chicago Bulls team is a whole different team. Also, one stat that I didn't get for Alex Caruso, averaging uh, for the Bulls 1.7, almost two steals per game. That's, that's easier transition buckets for the Chicago Bulls. Things like that, especially when you look at the take foul rule changing as well, Alex Caruso is going to have a huge impact as long as he's on the court. The 41 games played, 18 starts for Alex Caruso. We need more of that. He's The highest amount of games he played in his career were 64. Now, that was in a 70, was that, a, I think that was a 72 game season. No, that was actually, I can't remember the, but he played 64 games in one of the shortened seasons. Can't remember the number on that season. But um, so that's still the majority of the games. We need Alex Caruso on the court for at least 70 games this season, right? I'm, I'm giving some games rest, you know, minor dings that he may sit against an opponent that's not. But we need Alex Caruso to be on the court. Once Alex Caruso and Lonzo Ball, two of the players that we signed, were everything that they were advertised to be once they were on the court. And what that energy brings, he changes the tone, especially looking at the Chicago Bulls bench. I'm looking at Alex Caruso and Andre Drummond being uh, those those key players off the bench for the Chicago Bulls, really setting the tone defensively. I would assume it was well, right, in, in, a, in a different way, but that frees up Kobe White to maybe do some more things offensively. That frees up what we see from Dalen Terry. Dalen Terry, who could be a hell of a player off the bench for us with his energy and defense as well in his rookie season, but we'll talk about that when we get to season predictions for him. When it boils down to it, the biggest thing that's needed that I want to see from Alex Caruso is being healthy. Now, that... That's out of his control. He got taken out by a complete dirty play. So that is, I'm not holding that against him. But we do need to see Alex Caruso be on the court for the Chicago Bulls because if he is, if he is, the energy, the, 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 the communication on defense, which is something that's huge. And I think a lot of casual basketball fans don't really understand how communicating on defense, how having that player that's vocal on defense, telling other players what to do, where to go, calling out what the other team's doing on um, offense to, for, to put us in a better position defensively. Those things are key to a team being able to be better than the sum of their parts. Alex Caruso is a glue guy, and I don't say that as negatively, right? I say that as like a super sub in a way for Alex Caruso. He's absolutely a piece, a glue piece that holds this team together because he makes it so much easier on some of the players to do other things on the court. Alex Caruso is a huge impact. I'm not ready. I don't think I'm going to say that Alex Caruso can have a six-man-of-the-year type season because I don't know if his scoring is ever at that level to be in that six-man-of-the-year contention. Now, we did see a player like like Marcus Smart um, when, when, like, 
because of defense, right? Um, but I just don't know if Alex Caruso ever scores enough to be the sixth man of the year. But with that being said, he can absolutely have a season where he's a key sub for the Chicago Bulls and completely changes the dynamic of what the Chicago Bulls do. But let me know down below, what, did, what are some of your predictions for uh, Alex Caruso? Do you, is it health like me? Do you want to see Alex Caruso score a little bit more? Some people, you could say that. You could say, hey, I want to see him shoot it at a better clip and be a bigger part of the scoring off the bench because we, the Bulls do need bench scoring. So I can understand that as well. Let me know what you guys think about Alex Caruso and what are some of the things you want to see from Alex Caruso in this upcoming season. I appreciate you guys so much. Thank you for being the best part of Chicago Bulls Central. Make sure you're following the show at Bulls Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns. BullsCentralPod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text and a voicemail, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. Like I like to end every episode on, go Bulls. Love you guys. Peace, y'all. This has been a presentation of The Break Break Media. Media.